Welcome to the Boys of Summer. This is episode number 74. I'm Gene Gums, joined by Eric Braun. Uh, in this episode, Paul Arnold is off for parts unknown with his family, and uh, so he asked us to kind of take the reins and run with it. So, uh, Eric, it's been uh, a fun uh, start to the playoffs. We've gotten some stuff that we didn't expect. I, I guess let's start off with uh, who are you more surprised that got beat early in this? Were you surprised by the 100-win Rays getting bounced or the White Sox, who seem to be a sexy pick by a lot of uh, of the pundits, uh, getting bounced in the first round. Which which one surprises you more? Uh, probably the Rays. Um, you know, I, the White Sox, and, and it may just be my own bias against the White Sox, um, which is strong. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Rays, like you said, they had 100 wins. Um, and they just, I mean, look, they won – a very competitive AL East by quite a bit. Right. And uh, yeah, you just kind of expected them to, to at least be a little more trouble, you know, to get, get past for the Red Sox. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of watch, you watch that series and um, they just didn't have it. Well, you know, and, and I was thinking about this and obviously I'm very happy that the Red Sox survived that series. I was very concerned, but you know, the thing that, that you, when you look at it, the Rays started Rookie pitchers in mm. every game, you wow. know, because they didn't have, you know, well, with the exception of uh, of game four when they, they had an opener who wasn't a rookie. But after that, all their other starting pitchers were all rookies. You know, that's where, you know, losing uh, Tyler Glass now really hurt them. They didn't have any kind of a veteran presence in that starting rotation. And look, you can be as great as you want in the regular se- season. We all know the playoffs are kind of a... Uh, a different animal. So, I mean, it might have been a case of the stage just being too big for rookie pitchers. Yeah, that could very well be it. And, yeah, it is funny how pitchers who have had great seasons all year long can get to the playoffs and uh, choke. You know, and the, the thing with the the White Sox, look, here's the, you know, the Astros, I think everybody – because he, because of the White Sox and having Tony La Russa there, because everybody wants to talk about you know Methuselah, uh, you know being the manager of the, of the White right. Sox and all those young players, and they've got the yeah, the reigning AL MVP and Abreu, but we all forgot, I think, how good this Houston Astro team is. And when you look at what happened in the game yesterday. All the usual suspects showed up. Jose Altuve was three for five with you know with three RBIs. Michael you know Brantley had three hits. Uh, Alex Bregman drove in a couple. Carlos Correa drove in a couple. All the guys that are veteran again we go back to the veteran thing. But all the guys that are battle tested they stepped up when they needed them to step up. And and I think a lot of people I I, I don't know why but I think a lot of people discounted how good this Astro team is. Yeah, it's it is kind of funny. I think it might be wishful thinking. A yeah, bit. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, the Astros are very very good. They've got and they're just a well balanced team. Not to mention they have loads of playoff experience. Right. So, you know, I mean, when those guys show up in the playoffs, they you know they get down to business. I mean, and that's you know, listen to an interview with Correa earlier, and he you know he was like, look, this is what we do. You know, we know how to focus in the postseason. We're going to get it done. So yeah, I would not want to be in their way. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, look, I get it. I mean, you know, but it was funny with the Red Sox when they were playing the Rays, 
I went on social media and said, I just hope the Red Sox can give a good accounting of themselves. I never expected them to beat Tampa. You know, I just didn't. So now that they've now that they've done it, they've kind of teased me, and now I really want them to to beat the Astros. But as I said to you before we started the show, I'm I'm worried. You know, I, I, I'm worried that uh, this Astro team is going to mash, and the Red Sox pitching is not that deep. Look, you know, uh, Nate Valdi's been pretty good, but with Eduardo Rodriguez, you don't know what you're going to get from game to game. Chris Sale lasted what an, uh, an inning. In, it was in his start, you know, I mean, so, you know, I don't know what to expect from these guys. If they pitch the way that you think they can pitch, well, they can hang in there. But I really don't know. And I think the other thing that people have forgotten is that Houston bullpen is so much better than it has been in the past. You know, they had Ryan Presley, but, you know, making that trade to get Kendall Graveman from the, the uh, Seattle Mariners, getting Ryan Stanek, who came over from Tampa. I mean, they've got some guys in that bullpen now. They've got depth, I think, in that bullpen they haven't had in the past. Yeah, that's for sure. They're, you know, again, they're just such a well-rounded team. You know, there's they've got, you know, solid starting. The defense is good. They mash. Um, but they can also play small ball if needed. So they're just, you know, I just, I just think they're a really good team. Um, you know, who has a definitely has a chance to uh, to get to the series. You know, before we move on to talking about the White Sox a little bit more, um, you mentioned small ball, and it made me think. And I and I, I I tweeted this out too because I get very frustrated by the people that are analytics driven that that believe analytics is everything, and the people that say. Small ball, uh, like bunting, is like the worst thing in the world that you could possibly do, you know. Except that the Red Sox beat the Tampa Bay Rays in the ninth inning the other night because they bunted. Yep. You know, they get the guy, the guy on first base, Christian Arroyo, lays down the bunt, gets him to second base. The ball hit down the third base line. Now all of a sudden you got first and third and one out, and then they get the sacrifice fly. If that if that ball is not bunted and they don't get him to second base, he's not on third for the sacrifice fly. Maybe the Red Sox don't score. So, you know, again, you know, people want to talk about analytics, but you can't that's why we have managers. That's why managers, and that's why I like Alex Cora, is because he's not afraid to do things that go against the grain a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, one of the things they don't talk about with, um, you know, the, the sort of analytics types, which, I mean, it certainly has its role, but, you know, when you play small ball, it reinforces all the best fundamentals in baseball, right? You've got to be good at with speed. You've got to be good with catching and hitting and just knowing the game, right? You can't, um, uh, like, and I'm trying to remember who it was the other night um, with the steal of home. Uh, that was Tampa Bay, actually. Yeah, was um, that was that a Rosarena? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it might have uh, been, yeah. It was a Rosarena. He stole home, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he just said, he, he just sat there. He walked, noticed that the Red Sox pitcher was taking like four seconds every time he, uh, you know, in the stretch. And so he just, as soon as he, you know, got set, he took off right. and he took, he, the, the pitcher just didn't uh, have time to react and he scored. So, well, yeah, I, I think, I think that's And I think you made a good point. It, 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 it's not, and it's not just the offensive team that playing the small ball that has to be able to do everything. You put the pressure on the defense by bunting. You're still forcing the defenders to come in and make the right play, you know, and, and still make that out. And, you know, if you at least put the ball on the ground, there's a chance that they're going to misplay it. And at least you're forcing them to do something. Because in this day, day and age where everybody's throwing 100, 
hell, you leave the guy up at the home plate, there's probably a 50-50 chance he's going to strike out anyway. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, so let's get back to the White Sox and, and everybody's screaming you know, about how they got bounced and, you know, everybody, people that made all these predictions and had the White Sox going to the uh, ALCS or a lot of them had them going to the World Series, look like idiots. And, and so the immediate talk is, is will the Chicago White Sox bring back Tony La Russa as manager? I think a lot was made about La Russa's age and whether or not he could relate to the younger players. But at the end of the day, I don't know about you, Eric, but I don't think that... Tony La Russa did anything with this team to 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 warrant him not keeping his job? You know, unless there really was something going on behind the scenes and the players don't like this guy, he didn't do anything during the season that I saw that made you say he's out of touch with the game. Did you? No, no. I mean, look, they had a great season, and uh, yeah, they they just they ran into the Astros. I mean, that's I mean to me, that's what happened to them. Uh, I think. The Russo's done a fine job, you know, and I think, you know, I mean, relating to players is one of those things I just think is kind of silly and overrated. I mean, it's mm-hmm. nice, mm-hmm. fine, if you do that, if that's the kind of manager you are. But there's plenty of managers who aren't that way and can certainly, you know, bring a team along through more of a, you know, a dad vibe, I guess, or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think, so I don't know, I, you know, his age... Um, he's, you know, he's also got a ton of experience and he still seems perfectly sharp yep. if he's a little, and, you know, I thought his stuff in his post game press conference was kind of sour grapes last night about, you know, um, oh, throwing out a Brayu and all this other, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, Abreu was hit 22 times during the season, you know, <laughs> I mean, so it's not like it's an outlier, like he doesn't get hit a lot, you know, right. but look, here's the thing. When you got a guy that's like that, you're going to crowd him because you don't want him to be able to extend those arms. You're going to try to pitch inside on him. That's, that's old school baseball, you yeah, know? Yeah, that, yeah. You're pitching inside and he's crowding the plate. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's the sort of thing that's going to happen. So um, and and in that situation, late in the game, they're up big. They're just they're, they're not they're not going to hit him. No. Uh, Dusty Baker is not going to tell them to plunk somebody, even though he has plenty of bad blood with Larusa. That's not going to happen. You know, but here and here's the other thing. I know people say whatever they want to say about Larusa, but at the end of the day, in the playoffs, it, the Chicago White Sox pitching stunk. You know, Lance Lynn, who was so great during the regular season, you know, couldn't get it done. Dylan Cease got knocked out in the second inning. Carlos Rodon, who had an ERA of under three during the regular season, lasted two and two-thirds last night. Every time they brought Michael Kopech out of the bullpen, it was like throwing gasoline on a fire. You know, I mean, so at the end of the day, you know, managers manage, but if, if you can't get guys out, it doesn't matter who the – you could have Casey Stengel. It wouldn't make any difference who the manager is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean – And these, uh, uh, I mean, Lewis has been doing it for so long. He knows what he's doing. Um, you know, relating to the players, I, I just, these guys are all professionals, you know, I'm sure he knows not to, you know, talk to them like they're three-year-olds. Um, so it's just, I don't know. I, I think it's it, like you said, when you get down to the playoffs, if you, you made the pitching may just fold. It just happens. Right. Lansman's been around for a long time. He's got plenty of playoff experience himself and he's tough. And yeah, he just laid an egg that night. Yeah. No question. I, I agree. 
Um, while we're talking about managers, before we move on to the other series, there's been a lot of talk in New York about whether the Yankees are going to bring back Aaron Boone. Now, his contract is up at the, at the end of the season, so he doesn't have a contract for next year. But this is another case where I don't see why they wouldn't, other than the fact that for whatever reason, he is the whipping boy for New York Yankees fans. If you were up here and listened to Sports Talk Radio in New York, I mean, there, there are fans that are ready to burn this guy in effigy. I mean, or actually, some of them might want to burn him for real. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but again, he's another one of those guys. I, you know, with all the injuries that the Yankees had this year to their pitching staff, to guys like uh, Stanton and Judge and Luke Voigt, I mean, they had, it was a steady parade to the, to the disabled list, or, or excuse me, the injured list now, uh, you know, how do you hold Aaron Boone responsible for that? And even despite all that, they still made the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, their first half of the season, they were, I mean, they had nobody. I mean, it was a rough, rough go for the Yankees. I, um, you know, and I, I heard, I listened to the Buster only show earlier and, you know, he said, he's heard that um, they're they're They plan to keep him, you know, and that the Yankees, especially the Yankee social media fans were going to lose their minds, which, is you know that's typical right. that's it you know i believe you know when it comes to manager decisions um uh, and talking to owners i don't believe them very much and <laughs> believe them less when they say he's you know a vote of confidence i believe him even less when it's in new york and you know exponentially less when it's a steinbrenner in charge so you know we'll see but i think uh i i i suspect he'll He'll be back. I would get rid of the third base coach, though. He cost him that game. Or the yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Who is it? Yeah. Who is it? That's, I can't remember who their third base coach is. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Was, but you uh, know what? But here's the thing. And again, if if they win that wild card game against the Red Sox, we're not having this conversation probably. Right. You sure. know. Yeah. Um. And and let's be honest. Garrett Cole did not pitch like Garrett Cole in that wild card game. The Red Sox got his number at the end of the regular season and they got his number again in the playoffs. So, you know, again, you hand the ball to Garrett Cole with all the money you're paying him, you have the expectation that they're going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, the other managerial decision that needs to be made is what's going to happen in San Diego. As, as expected, the Padres fired Jace Tingler. And this is a guy, by the way, I watched a lot of Padre games because my buddy Don Orsillo is a play-by-play guy there. Uh, Jace Tingler is a guy that was clueless. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I could tell you I watched a lot of games where you wondered what in the hell he's doing, you know, with some decisions about, you know, pitching, you know, when to make pitching changes, those kinds of things. However, again, this is another case with the Padres of look at all the injuries they had. You know, Hugh Darvish wasn't healthy. Uh, they lost Mike Clevenger before the year even started. Uh, Denilson Lamette, who was, was supposed to be part of their starting rotation, was on the injured list for most of the year. I mean, this is a team that was decimated by injuries, and as we talked about in this program many times, keeping Fernando Tatis Jr. healthy almost took an act of Congress. Yeah. Um, but the two names that have popped up most in uh, conversations about the Padre jobs are Ron Washington mm-hmm. and... Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter. Now, yeah, boy. you know, here's the thing. And, and, and 
I almost think that the Padres have to go. I, I, I'm almost thinking Showalter wouldn't be a bad pick, Eric. You know, that's a team that is kind of in lost at sea without a rudder. You know, and maybe they need a guy, an older guy, a, a he's not as old as Tony LaRusa, but a guy that's been around the block rather than some guy that's trying to figure it out as a manager like Jace Tingler was. Um, you know, and Ron Washington is a guy that is a great coach, but he was kind of a dumpster fire as a manager. Ooh, yeah. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I mean, do you, but do you think that they, that, that those are the best candidates or, or would you rather see them because of the young players like Tatis and that, that, do you think they should go with a young manager that can relate? You know, again, we're having the get off my lawn conversation with Tony La Russa versus, you know, some young kid. What direction do you think they should go? Yeah, I think, um, so I'm of two minds on, on this. One, I would wait and see what New York's going to do. <laughs> oh, so see if Boone's available? Yeah. Boone's okay. Available. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, for me, kind of the dark horse in all of this, if um, if Boone isn't available, uh, I just, I like giving, you know, uh, a shot to somebody who deserves it and, and also a guy who kind of got jobbed out of, uh, well, job is not really the right word, but, but I think I'd, I'd take a strong look at Carlos Beltran for that job. Oh, because yeah. Well, ooh. <laughs> yeah. I you know, I mean I get it. You know, but then but do you if you're the Padres, do you want to bring the distraction of the Houston scandal? I mean, I know we're I know we're several years removed from that now, but it doesn't go away. I mean, Jesus, it just came up again this week when Ryan Tapera of the Chicago White Sox accused him of you know, of, of stealing signs again. I mean, so if you're San Diego, do you want to take on that baggage? Um, you know, probably not. But uh, but if they listen to me, they would. <laughs> <laughs> and we, God knows, we, you know what? We'd, we'd probably all be better off if we listen to you, Eric. Except when, except when you tell us we should go out and run three miles a day. <laughs> uh, that's that should be your easy day. Oh, like I think I said to you in a text message earlier, if it's beyond three feet, that's too far for me. So, <laughs> um, well, we'll see what they do. But that's a good point, you know, waiting to see what Aaron Boone does. You know, and the other managerial job, and there hasn't been a lot of talk about this one yet either, and maybe they're waiting till after the World Series. Maybe they're waiting to see what the Yankees do too. Is the New York Mets are have, now have a job open? Yep. You know, I mean, so, uh, if you know, if Aaron Boone does get let go by the Yankees, he'll be unemployed for about 30 seconds. That would be my guess. Right. And I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, he'll get snatched up fast. Um, uh, and, you know, maybe Beltran's, uh, you know, uh, he could land there, too. It, he probably should go to a, a bench coach job or, um, you know, something more like that to just to kind of get, you know, some experience. Right. But if you're looking for a young guy, um, you know, again, I think he's, uh, you know, I, I, I can't think of anybody better out there. And look, AJ's coaching and coaching really well, yeah. you know, Detroit. Um, well, and Alex Cora was involved in it, obviously, as the bench yeah. coach, and we he's, yeah, he's done the, quite fine. We've got the trash can series coming up. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know you know another young guy, though? If a team wants to give a young guy a chance, you know who might be a good choice? Alex Cora's brother, Joey. Who, oh, really? Who is yeah. a bench coach with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, I didn't know. You that. know, and uh, you know that's a pretty good pedigree there. So you know, maybe that's another guy that that might get a look. But it, it'll be interesting, especially so many of these teams have these young players, and it's going to be interesting to see if. Hey, look, uh, the Astros have a lot of young players. Dusty Baker hasn't had any trouble relating to those guys on that team. 
Yeah, they seem to love him. I think that that was such a great um, uh, decision to bring him in. That was the the perfect guy for that situation. And uh, yeah, as you can just tell, the players love him. You know, I, yeah, I have to I have to say, I can't think. I mean, and, you know, I've been around for a while. I can't think of another managerial hire that was as perfect as that one was. Just because of the circumstances, I can't imagine anybody else that they could have brought in there that could have righted that ship and calmed the waters as well as Dusty Baker did. You know, and, and, and I mean, because he's he from from day one, it's almost like he said, bring it on, you know, bring it on me. I'll take I'll take all the heat for the players. And he's still doing that, even with the thing with Ryan Tapera this week. He was great. He had the greatest, by the way, the greatest comment ever. I didn't even know who Ryan Tapera was until I saw his <laughs> name in the quote. <laughs> That's cold blooded right there. Cold. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, but you're right. I mean, but he may be he may be the best hire that that I've ever seen. All right, let's move on to the Atlanta Braves bouncing the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, the Brewers were uh, was another team that got really hot late, and but the Atlanta Braves, Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager there, should be the executive of the year. When you lose Ronald Acuna Jr. midway through the year, one of the best players in baseball, and then you lose one of the cornerstones of your outfield, Marcelo Zuna, early in the season because of domestic violence problems. He had to go out and remake that team. And, and he went out and made a trade with the Chicago Cubs to bring in Jock Peterson, who hit two pinch hit uh, home runs in that series against the Brewers. And getting Adam Duvall from the Miami Marlins and bringing him there. I mean, they did a remarkable job. They really did. Um, and yeah, he should... Yeah, he would get my vote um, for that award. It, is that, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, that's this year you're going into it and you're thinking, man, this is going to be our year. And then, man, the wheels just immediately came off. Um, and they, uh, you know, I, you just kind of get the feeling, um, you know, that they have some really good clubhouse leadership on that team, too. And that yeah. helps. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman is just a real quality guy, I think. And, um, yeah, I just, I just, I just like that team. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch and play. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I really wanted the Brewers to come out. I'm a big Lorenzo Cain fan for obvious reasons, Yep. Uh, but, uh, uh, and you know, I think he had a pretty decent series. At least he had a, had a couple of key hits. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I think, I think the Braves are, you know, do I think they're going to, uh, uh, you know, get past the Dodgers or the Giants? No, not really, but um, but they had a great series. Uh, I didn't think they'd get past Milwaukee, to be honest with you. And, <laughs> right, and yeah. Freddie Freeman, who had an awful start to the season, you know, at one time, you know, was hitting down around 240, finished the season hitting 300. There's a good chance this guy could, you know, I don't think he will, but he's in the MVP conversation in the National League. He finished with 31 bombs and 83 runs batted in and he hit 300 on the nose. I mean, uh, would it shock me if if he won back to back MVPs? It, it, I wouldn't be shocked at all. And and to hit that home run that he hit off of Josh Hader last night, who hadn't given up a home run to a lefty in over a year, I mean, talk about stepping up in a big spot. Yeah, that was um, yeah, and that's the sort of thing that helps your MVP kind of status. Well, except I think the voting for that already happened. I thought, oh, yeah, the the MVP stuff and the Cy Young and all that that all all that voting takes place before the playoffs start. Uh, I thought it happened after, but you weren't supposed to take. No, they no no they uh, they do the voting beforehand. They just don't announce it until afterwards. I see. All right. 
and 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 I think the writers are sworn to secrecy too. They're not allowed to say who they who they uh, voted yeah. for. But still, um, I did not expect Atlanta to get past this. And and I, you know what? I wouldn't count them out. Now we've got the series. Uh, the best series has been obviously the the uh, Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. They slugged it out all season. I mean, one hundred and six win or one hundred and seven wins and one hundred and six wins. Uh, obviously, whoever wins that series is going to be the odds-on favorite to win it. If I'm Atlanta, I am praying to everything that is holy that the Giants win this series. I know they won 107 games, and I know, and and maybe I'm guilty of a lot of like a lot of other people discounting what the Giants did this year, and I'm not discounting it. But that Dodger lineup and that Dodger pitching staff scares me a whole hell of a lot more than the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, boy, I don't, uh, yeah, you need, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to face either one of those teams. Um, I, I hadn't watched a ton of San Francisco games this year, right? Man, they, they are way, you know, cause I kind of, you know, early in the year, especially I thought, well, they're just hot. They're going to fade. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, so did everybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, it never happened. And, you know, and watching them, you can kind of see why. I mean, man, they play good baseball. Their defense um, has been really something to watch. Um, same on both sides, though. I mean, it's been one of the best defensive series I've I've seen in a long time. They they're they're both playing really good, really good ball. You know, when they talk about the great shortstops in the game, I think mm-hmm. the guy that gets screwed a lot, and it's been and it's the that East Coast bias kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the guy that gets screwed a lot in the conversation is Brandon Crawford. He, yeah, he is insane. He is a great defensive shortstop, and I think he doesn't get his due because of you know the fact that they're on the West Coast, and unless you live out there, you don't watch your game. I'm not watching a lot of West Coast games, you know, because I'm you know, I mean, they're not starting until ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah, and he man, he gets to a lot of balls you wouldn't expect him to get to. He's that guy has range and. Uh, just uh, he's just and he's a funny guy. He's really funny. Yeah, and and by the way, he hit two ninety eight with twenty four homers and ninety runs batted in this year. You know, and eight ninety yeah. five OPS. That ain't nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, jeez. You know, so I think that uh, I I think you know that he gets he gets the short end of the stick a lot, but he had a lot to do with that team's success. You know, and the other thing to think about with what's going on with the Giants right now is that they're doing this without Brandon Belt, who has been a big part of that team down the stretch, but he hurt that thumb, and it's it's doubtful he'd even be able to play in the NLCS. The best-case scenario for him is that they make the World Series. He might be able to get back for there, for, for there but they've got to try to get back uh, or through this Dodger team uh, tomorrow night. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the Dodgers are going to throw out Julio Urias, who won 20 games this year. But I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Giants at home are going to be able to get this done. And I think that's going to set, I think that, I think that Braves Giants series could be outstanding. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the, um, yeah. Yeah. When I look at that matchup, um, yeah, I, on, uh, you know, coming up tomorrow night, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning towards San Francisco. Um, you know, I think what they've got to do is, you know, get to get into that bullpen. Right. Um, you know, if the Dodgers have a weak spot, 
you know, it wouldn't be a weak spot on any other team, but by their standards, it's a weak spot. Yeah, but and it's been, but but it's been pretty good the last couple of games for him. But yeah, you're right. By and large, I mean, Kenley Jansen had a, a really up and down season, and at one point, they weren't bringing him in in closing situations. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I think if they get you know uh, through the starters, and I think it's going to be a division, a, a defensive battle. Um, you know, which yeah, you know that it's probably going to come down to. Um, you know, somebody blinking, you know, one, one bad, one uh, splitter that doesn't split. Right. Well, Logan Webb is going to get the start for San Francisco and uh, he dominated the Dodgers in the opening game of the series. I think he went seven and two thirds uh, mm-hmm. and was, and was great. And uh, again, you know, the, the thing with Urias is he probably won't go deep into the game. So I think you're very likely to see the Dodger bullpen starting in inning number six. So, right. you know, I think that's, I think you're right. And I think if that's, if that's, if there's a weakness for the Dodgers, that's it. It's, there aren't many weaknesses in that offensive lineup for the Dodgers. That's for sure. No, no, no. And you, yeah, you, you do not want to make a mistake to those guys. So they're going to take you downtown. So the last series we haven't really talked a lot about other than the fact that the Rays got bounced is uh, the Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. And, you know, the last show we did, we talked about, you know, maybe who was the best, who, who I felt or who we felt the best manager in baseball was right now. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, it's Kevin Cash. I thought yeah. what, what he's done with that team has been unbelievable. However, Kevin Cash, the other night, after getting their, their opener, pitches two perfect innings, or gave up one hit in two innings, but two shutout innings, he brings in uh, Shane McClanahan out of the bullpen to come in, and McClanahan throws 100 miles an hour. Well, McClanahan ends up giving up five runs in two-thirds of an inning. And Cash saw this guy getting drilled. He gave up a couple of hits, then a long three-run homer to Raphael Devers that went like 425 feet. And then two more guys get on, and Cash still hasn't made the move to the bullpen. You know, and this is the same guy that took Blake Snell out. Remember a couple of years, you know, a couple of years ago when he was getting killed for taking Blake Snell out after he had been great, and they end up losing that series. Um, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe Kevin Cash, when when you get into the playoffs and you get in big moments, maybe the pucker factor gets a little big for Kevin Cash, and 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 he panics a little bit, or or he gets paralyzed. You know, I but but that's this is two straight years now that Cash has made a rather large error in a series that potentially cost them the series. Yeah, and you know the the manager across the uh, diamond from him is starting to look pretty pretty smart. Yeah, uh, the moves he's made. You know, he's what he's fifteen and four now in postseason. He's kind of the, the opposite. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it is ridiculous. And it was always a it was always a thing in Boston. You know, when when Alex Cora first got there and they won the World Series, you know, he did a lot of things that were kind of unorthodox. And there were you know a lot of times he would make a move or he'd put somebody in the lineup and you'd you'd look at the lineup card and going. What the hell is he doing? And then at the end of the night, you know, the guy that he's put in is has done something spectacular, or the movies made to the bullpen worked out. Everything was coming up roses. So the motto became, "In Alex we trust." You know, instead of "In God we trust," it which is on the one dollar bill, it became "In Alex we trust," and that kind of got taken. That kind of went away this year. Um, you know, when they, when they went down the stretch and they had all those guys on the COVID list and, you know, they went from having like a five game lead to being nine games behind and, right. you know, everybody, everybody was kind of all of a sudden killing Alex Cora. But I think that's what people forget is, you know, 
when they collapsed, it wasn't like they suddenly forgot how to play. They collapsed because half their team wasn't with their team. Right. You know, and, and I think that now you're seeing them healthy again. And I, look, you know, I mean, I think that they can give Houston a challenge if they can get the pitching. And I think that's the bottom line. I think it's going to come down to, and they're going to need their starters to go deeper than four innings. And that's been the problem with the Red Sox is a lot of times outside of Nate Evaldi, they've had trouble getting a pitcher past the fifth inning. So they've had to rely on that bullpen game after game after game. And those guys are flat out tired, you know? And so that's what I worry about this. And with this Houston offensive lineup, that's where I worry about it. Yeah, that's, that does spell trouble uh, for the Red Sox for sure. And yeah, it's, the, the starting pitching, uh, especially like Chris Sale, you know, his, his start was rough. Oh, brutal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, gosh, how, how many starts did he have after he came back? I think he had nine. Nine. Okay. And he only pitched, He I don't think he ever pitched past the fifth inning. He got to the fifth inning a couple of times. You know, the problem is, and this happens with a lot of guys that have Tommy John surgery is you can come back, but you don't necessarily get your feel back for a good six months or so after you start pitching again. There's just going to be days when you're not going to have that that touch that you normally have. And we've seen that with Sale. The velocity's back up, but from game to game, that command of the slider, that wipeout slider that he has, has not been as crisp. And I think that's been the problem. Same thing happened with Noah Syndergaard at the end of the year for the Mets. You know, they brought him in. He made two starts at the end of the year. They were each for an inning. And, but he went out there, and he didn't throw any breaking balls. He was going out there throwing change-ups and fastballs. You know, and so, I mean, he got away with it the first time, and then the Braves absolutely crushed him. Um, you know, but so I guess there's hope that maybe Sale's going to figure it out. But the problem is, is that Sale might get one start. You know, because I have to believe with the days off, the Red Sox can reset that pitching rotation. I have to think of all these getting the ball in game one, right? And then I ha- I have to think, maybe I'm wrong. I think they're going to give the ball to Eduardo Rodriguez for game two. Maybe they give it to Sale. If they give it to Sale, Sale could get two starts if it goes seven. But otherwise, we might only see Chris Sale getting a start once, and, and then maybe they use him out of the bullpen late. But uh, yeah, I, I just I, I think I think Houston has more pitching than the Red Sox. Yeah, I just can't imagine that you would um, uh, want to put sale count on sale for two star. You just don't have that many games to risk, right? On a on a big question mark, um, you know, when you're when you're playing the Astros, that's just asking for trouble. You need your 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 guys that can get you, especially with the with the situation they have there. Well, but um, but here's the problem, Eric: is who who's your best? Your best right well, now is Evaldi, right? And then and after that, it's like you don't know from. I mean. Eduardo Rodriguez is your head in ERA of four and a half. You know, now he had get some games where he was awesome, and for you know six, six, six or seven innings, he'd go out there and shut teams down. But then he'd have other starts where you're in the second inning and he's thrown sixty pitches. You know, so you didn't know from game to game what you were going to get from him. Nick Pavetta is a guy that came in, pitched four innings out of the bullpen the other day, was unreal. But you know, he'd have starts where he would look like a world beater. And then he'd have other starts where he didn't have the feel and he got crushed. So there wasn't the consistency. And that's where I think that the Astros may have an advantage is that, you know, again, a lot of those guys on the, the, in the Astros rotation are not household names because they're young kids, 
But I think they had more consistent starting pitching from start to start, I think, than the Red Sox did. So, you know, maybe, 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 uh, you know, maybe this is just 61 years of being a Red Sox fan and used to, <laughs> used to gloom and doom. And uh, so we'll see. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. So I was, I was just looking while we were talking, I was looking at our predictions for the start of the season. Oh no. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, you didn't do so well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, I shouldn't say that you did. Okay. Now you did better than I did. I'll tell you that right now, but you picked Tampa to win the East. Okay. Uh, uh, you did not, however, <laughs> pick the AL Central correctly. I, uh, you picked you picked the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that was, that, that was wrong. You also picked the Oakland Athletics out of the uh, AL West. Uh, but then again, I picked I picked the Angels. So what the hell did I know? You know, I mean, we we so we all pretty much stunk there. Uh, I picked uh, I picked the Yankees. So did Paul in the in the East. Now they made the they made the playoffs, but uh, we didn't get the division winners right. But you also got the um, you picked the Atlanta Braves. You got that right. right. Of course, I picked the Mets. That went well for me. <laughs> uh, you picked the card. There was a moment. There was, they had a moment. Uh, I did the only the only division winner that I picked correctly was the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central. You picked the Cardinals, so you know they didn't. Yeah. They didn't win it, but they got to the postseason. You did. You did. Of of, of Paul and I and you, uh, you did the best of the three of us. Ah, so so right. congratulations. Uh, yeah, that, the Twins one might drag me down quite a ways. So. Uh, you know, the biggest problem is is that you picked the Rays to win the American League championship. Oh. Of course, I picked the White Sox. They're gone. Yeah. The Rays are gone, and Paul picked the Yankees. They're gone. <laughs> So that went well for us. Now, as far as the uh, National League champ, you had uh, you have the Dodgers winning it. Oh, did I? No, no. Wait a minute. No, I take that back. I picked San Diego. Yeah, you picked San Diego. Yeah. I picked the Dodgers, and Paul picked the Dodgers. So, uh, but we really, uh, when when it comes to the American League, which is by the way is funny, considering that the three of us are really American League fans, right? You're you're a, a Royals fan. Paul roots for the Tigers. I root for the Red Sox, and we know nothing because we did <laughs> not get one of them right. I still can't believe the Twins were as bad as they were. It's I still it's shocking. Yeah, you know, and 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 here's the you know here's the thing, and I still am surprised. I'm glad that Rocco Baldelli still has his job, but at the same time, I'm a little surprised that Rocco Baldelli still has his yeah. job. Yeah, though I guess they're going to give him an, a year to story, but boy. I don't know. Well, what, if you are if you are the twins, I think what you have to hope is that the trades that you made are going to pay dividends at some point, right? When you when you sold some guys off at the trade deadline, you have got to hope that that works out. I mean, they still have some really good young players, but if the twi- <laughs> if the twins don't invest in some pitching, they're in deep trouble. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, it's kind of the same with your Royals, right? I mean, they've they've got to figure out, you know, they they're they've got a couple of guys, but their pitching depth just isn't there. Well, you know, their their bullpen was really good this year. Yeah. The problem was, kind of like what we were talking about with the Red Sox, um, the starters just, you know, we have so many young starters, and uh, you know, at the end of the year, we had a couple of who showed a lot of promise, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's. They, there needs to be a, at least one veteran pitcher on that staff, and right now, um, there's there is not a lot of 
of starting pitching, to put it mildly. All right, so we're down, uh, as we uh, wrap this thing up, we're down to the final five, and it should be the final four, but with the uh, with the Giants and uh, Dodgers still to come on Thursday night. So we're down to our final five. Who's making the World Series? Because we won't be on again until after until the World Series starts. So who's going to be there? Hmm. Um. Gosh, without without the game. Well, you could just say the winner of the Dodgers Giants series okay. is getting in. I mean, because because that's where I'm going. Yeah. So whoever wins that game, um, and and sorry, Gene. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know what? And I'm a Red Sox fan, and and my my heart says the Red Sox are going to beat the Houston Astros, but my head says the Astros are going to win that series. And if you put a gun to my head. I'm picking the Astros. If you tell me I got to sell my, you know, my house is on the line, I'm picking mm-hmm. the Astros. Now, if my ex-wife is on the line, I'm picking the Red Sox. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think, but I, and I think, I think no matter who gets in, and, and I know that Houston team's really good, but I think that winner of the game between the Dodgers and the Giants, I think they win the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know now you know maybe it's not as certain because the Dodgers won't have Clayton Kershaw. He's been ruled out for the entire playoffs. You know, if they had him, maybe it would be a mortal lock. So maybe there's a a sliver, you know, mm-hmm. of an opening. But I think if they get past the Giants, I still think they have more than enough pitching and way more than enough hitting to get past either the Astros or the Red Sox. You know, I mean, and being an American League fan, that hurts a little bit. But uh, I think I think the Dodgers have a good chance to repeat. You know, it would be nice if, you know, you know, for us American League fans, if, you know, our big spenders like the Yankees could put together a decent team. It seems like the Yankees do nothing but spend money and all they get are these old mashers who come in and get hurt or strike out. It's like, can't you? You know, look at getting a more well-rounded team and maybe challenge the the big spenders on the National League side. I think you know. I think they hurt themselves a little bit in that they took on that huge contract from John Carlos Stanton. You know, and what's he what's he making? Thirty-five million dollars a year. Crazy amount. Yeah. You know, and then you went out and you spent thirty-five million dollars a year or so on Gary Cole. That's seventy million. That's more than the entire Tampa Bay Rays uh, payroll on two guys. Right. I mean, so and, and, you know, so but you're right. I mean, they've got the other part of it is I think that they overvalue guys. They 100 percent do that. I think they overvalue, for instance, a guy like Gary Sanchez. And I know that he, he you know, he can hit some home runs, but he's the worst defensive catcher in baseball. And he, he strikes out. He strikes out half the time he's up. Yeah. You know, but you and you look. You know, that's the other thing when people were talking about Aaron Boone and getting angry with him. Think about this. These are three guys that were in their lineup almost every day. Gary Sanchez hit 225. Rugnet Odor hit like 220. Uh, Brett Gardner, who they brought back, who's like my age. You know, (laughs) and he's he's a good defensive outfit, but this is another guy that hit like 220. You know, so they've got three guys in their regular lineup that couldn't hit their way out of a wet paper bag, and people are wondering why in the hell they don't win. 
Right. And I think you're right. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think I'll say this. And the Red Sox spent a lot of money. But I think the Red Sox did a better job of spreading the money around and getting value for their money. They looked. I think they're only paying Kike Hernandez seven million bucks. Are you serious? Yeah, he's been unreal. Yeah, he's been great. I think he signed a two-year contract for fourteen million dollars. And what did he have? Seven or eight straight hits in against the Rays in the playoffs. You know, I mean, uh, they're you know they got Hunter Renfro on a on a ten million dollar deal. And he's thrown out more guys on the bases from the outfield this year than anybody in baseball. You know, and, and so I think that the Red Sox did a better job of maximizing their money. And, and I think, you know, it showed. And, and I think you're right. I mean, and, 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 and if it's me, I'm not firing Aaron Boone. You know, who I'm, you know who I'm firing? I'm firing Brian Cashman, the general manager. Yep. You know, I mean, not, yep. that, I, not that I'm like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a Yankee fan. So, you know, the more they suck, the happier I am. Right. But yes. if I'm a Yankee fan, I think my anger isn't directed at Aaron Boone. My anger should be directed at the general manager that put this team together to begin with. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess of a team. Well, the playoffs are not a mess. The playoffs are a lot of fun. And uh, the, by the next time, next time we do this, uh, it'll be episode number 75. And uh, Paul Arnold will be back. We'll be in the middle of the World Series uh, and uh, if Eric and I are right, and we haven't been right on much of anything this year. So actually, you know what? Considering how well we've done with our picks this year, it's going to be the Red Sox and the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> that's, you know what? The, as bad as we stunk, that's probably where we're headed. It's probably going to be the two of them, and which would make me happy. And you know what? I know it would make you and Paul both happy, too, because you guys both lived in Georgia at one time, didn't you? We did, yeah. yeah so, I mean, so you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be upset about that. And I'm getting ready to move down to the North Carolina-Georgia line. I'm going to be three hours from Atlanta, so uh, I'm still never going to become a Braves fan. But I'm just happy about the fact that the Red Sox go to the – Go to the uh, go to Atlanta every year to play the Braves, so I'll be able to see the Red Sox at least three times a year. So I'm pretty happy. Nice, about that. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so 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 put it in the books because we are both idiots. So it's going to be the Red Sox and the Braves, just because we already said it wasn't going to be. So yes, that's good. that's going to do it for us here this evening. For Eric Braun, I'm Gene Gums. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Boys of Summer.